Jason Paris, co-owner of Wake Brewing. Thanks for being here, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I appreciate it. I know you're busy. You got lots of events coming up at Wake. I've been hounding you for a while trying to get you on here, and I'm glad we made it work. Yeah, for sure, man. So uh, I was just in there. I, you know, I texted you on Friday. I was coming in there to Wake, right. and I was going to grab some beers, and I ended up having the stout and the porter. Mostly oh, right a dark beer, dark beer drinker. Um, grabbed a, a four pack of the Hand of Doom to go. I see you guys you uh, up your label game. Got the nice matte finish on those labels yeah. now. It's looking yeah. good. We just got a new can or two earlier last week, so it's nice. I also had a burger there for the first time uh, from Floyd's. Floyd's. Oh, oh my god, that was so insane! Good. It was like egg, bacon, yeah, garlic chili sauce or something on it holy cow everything you'd want to come out of a greasy ass rv that was insane yeah that was great um so tell me a way about wake brewing i've known about you for a few years a buddy of mine told me about wake and he said he went in there with like an uncle acid hat on and whoever was bartending that night knew that it was an uncle acid hat and I was like, there's no way that that exists. Right. <laughs> so I got to check it out for myself. And that's how I ended up coming in there and, and hanging out with him and getting some beers there. So I've been there a handful of times now. I don't live in the Quad Cities anymore, but I try to get there all the time. I love it. It's a great place. All right. Yeah. We started, uh, we opened the doors in 2017. Uh, me and my brother, Justin. Uh, yeah. We just, long story, I mean, long story, super long winded. Uh, we started homebrewing about 2004, 2005, and for a good uh, decade, just did homebrewing, competition homebrewing. I was booking at a club in Rock Island called Rock Island Brewing Company, Ribco. So I was yeah. booking all, all the music there for the last, this is why I just finally left. Uh, when did you, ago. when did you leave? When did you stop doing that? Uh, right when... Illinois finally opened back up. I just kind of put all my focus back into Wake. Okay. So. Did were you involved in Truck Fighters Valley mm-hmm. of the Sun? Yep. I was at I was at that show. That was awesome. It was right before everything locked down, and I was I was happy I got to go to it. Yeah, that was the second time I think I did Truck Fighters. Very Valley cool. of the Sun. Were never heard them before. I was totally just like, oh man, yeah. these dudes are. I I had killer. kind of heard their their two albums that had already been out. I think they have three, but that two of them I had listened to a couple times and they killed that show. I mean, I've seen truck yep. fighters twice, but they like, they really stepped up their game at that show. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was killer. But uh, yeah. So just, I, I was part of booking the bands at Ribco and also curating their craft beer because just over the years of uh, just seeing craft beer slowly keep growing and growing. I just, I, you know, I just kind of became more involved with it through home brewing. And then finally just uh, started doing a lot of their ordering. Um, they kept like 150 different rotating craft beer. So knowledge just became like overwhelming for me. And I just seen an opportunity that I could, you know, maybe chase some freedom with my brother and just open up our own spot. And uh, Is your brother a metalhead too? Yeah. 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 I mean, we love all kinds of music, but I mean, as a little kid, I mean, we grew up in a very uh, rock and roll family. I mean, my mom, my mom and father seen Sabbath, Zeppelin, 
all of it. I've got pictures, little Polaroid pictures of just like them watching ACDC and Van Halen. So I grew up in a pretty rock and roll family. <laughs> pretty yeah, rock and roll. I mean, my first, my first concert, I was like not even in, just barely in fourth grade, like 1986. My mom took me to see the band Wasp. <laughs> so it's fucking awesome. Yeah. The second show was like Metallica on Master of Puppets. Wow, I mean, I barely in fourth grade, you know. So I mean, that'll do it. That'll get you into it. You, you're uh, you're starting off pretty strong there. I think my yeah, first yeah, rock yeah. concert was like Boston, <laughs> which is which was awesome. But still, I mean, it's it's right. at Master of Puppets. <laughs> no, but I mean, I didn't know it was Master of Puppets at the time either. You know, your little fourth grader, you know, yeah, watching a bunch of dudes smoke weed and girls with like feathered hair and shit. You know, it's like yeah. Did you see your first pair of titties at that show? Uh, definitely at the Wasp show. I don't know if uh, Metallica was really pity material, but you know it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, just over the years, you know, just I just started looking, and it just we just kind of put it together. We were doing a lot of competition home brewing, sending our bottles to different states for home brewing. We started taking a lot of awards. Handed. Were in. you known? Were you known as Wake Brewing at that time, or were you called? No, sometimes? just. Just Jason and Justin Paris, part okay. of uh, Mugs Homebrew Club, but uh, like the Hand of Doom, what you're drinking now has always well. I mean, it's it's the oldest beer we've done. It was refined over the years, and that thing just started taking awards for just like a American style. It, it did really well, and I just kind of thought, you know, fuck it, man. Like, I mean. I could feel that the boom was still going to go. And so we just, I was just like, let's just try to put together a business plan. We, we started doing a uh, pop-up events. I had, uh, you're, you're uh, from the quad cities. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Okay. So that's why, that's why you guys started in Rock Island and you're just quad city mm -hmm. boys and wanted to stay close to home. And yeah. And family. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. I think you, I think you get like, you get to the point where you could probably see another place that would make way more sense. Like, I mean, obviously trying to do a, metal brewery in chicago would have made way more sense but all of my friends are here in the quad city so i mean just yeah. to be able to tap into that just just helped um yeah we just we did a business plan for like three or four years and shopped it around and finally a bank was willing to just kind of fucking go for it you know it's just you know just a little small bank and you know the, you know, I, you've been into Wake. I mean, it's it's not huge by any means, but uh, it's what we could do and not have a bunch of like outsiders telling us what we're going to brew or mm -hmm. what our vision is going to look like or, you know, it just we could do it ourselves. Did you have any idea? I mean, you obviously knew how to brew beer. Right. Did you have any idea how to run a business or run a bar at that point? Well, working at Ribco for 12 to 13 years and then putting on shows before that. And me and my brother played in bands and did little tours and stuff. So we kind of knew how I knew, I learned a lot of how not to do business, which I feel like is way more valuable than learning how to do business because it's super easy to do the right thing. It's really, really, really difficult to screw it up, but I see so many people screw it up and just watching bands constantly touring and coming in, them setting up their merch, I realized, you know, it, none of these brewer breweries I'm really seeing have like a vision, have like 
And so we just looked at it and we couldn't play music anymore if we were going to take this all on. So we we're just like, well, fuck it, man. This is going to be our rock band. Like, let's let's yeah. do it right. Let's make sure we got cool merchandise, killer names. Like, let's just, this is our band. You know, these beers are our single. This is our seven inch coming out. Like, and uh, it just made it really fun and really interesting. And I think it was just fresh for people, especially in our area to see you know, a, a a brewery kind of like just look different, you know? Right. I mean, I don't, I don't know the quad cities to have like some metal scene, at least that I know anything about. I haven't lived there in quite some time, right. but um, people do seem to love it, whether they're metal heads or not. I like, I was just in there on Friday and there's people coming in that were definitely not in the metal. Right. Well, I think so, that's the way that you know your beer is really good. You know what exactly, I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and I didn't ever think that it was just going to be strictly metalheads, like true cult kind of thing. Like I knew, I knew that craft beer people look completely different all the time, and I wanted that. I just wanted to, I wanted to force people to listen to what I wanted to listen to. You know, yeah. and I thought if we do really good beer, they're going to sit around, they're going to fucking you know deal with me cranking high on fire really loud you know i mean when we opened the doors we had high on fire i mean just literally throttled ripped our speakers apart but i just had it playing so loud opening day because i just wanted people to know this is the tone sorry don't like it you might as well just leave now and you don't have tvs in there which must have been a conscious decision based on that same idea well the i mean you go to so many places where you got you know, one guy likes the Cubs or even one guy likes the Bears, one guy likes the Pack. I don't like sports, so I have to kind of like dumb it down and go like, okay, Bears and Packers. And I'm just sitting there and they're just yelling over the fucking top of me, you know, yeah. at each other. And I was just like, I want this to be a conversation place, you know, where a metalhead and a grandma can hang out and just talk, you know? Yeah. And uh, just kind of look at the artwork, you know? look at the, listen to the sounds, meet people. I just, I feel, I feel fortunate we can do podcasts like this. And I think this is the way like social media should be driven, but man, it's just rough. It's rough. My brother wanted a no phone policy. I was like, man, we can get away with fucking like ripping high on fire. We are not going to be able to get away with people putting down their phones. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not. No. But I thought I, it, I think you definitely you know, get away with like no TVs because yeah, I mean, we did right in the beginning. We got a little <clears> backlash, but I'm just like, dude, there's a million fucking sports bars. There's not a million places that people can come, yeah, to hang out with their friends and talk, you know. Because I've been in there with some friends, a group of friends, and we're all not into the same music, but at least into metal in general. Right. You know, we all have different tastes, but it's all kind of just heavy music, and everyone was cool with it loud music we'll sit here and talk and drink beer right and it was great but, but we also have a couple friends that came in too that don't want to hear the heavy music and they're like where's the tvs at right but then you almost <laughs> what wonder, are we supposed to do here look at each yeah, other your conversation that good then you know you're just yeah. kind of like well but i my problem is is when me and my wife uh would go out and drink no matter if i haven't seen her in a few days just because of trying to open up wake i would consciously start drifting towards a TV, no matter how dumb or whatever was on. Yeah. I just thought, man, I just don't want people doing that. 
yeah. I, I think it works great though, because I like I said, I was in a Friday and, and I sat there with two friends of mine and we talked the whole time and listened to High on Fire, literally. So yeah. I, I thought it was great. I always do. I think it's great. Yeah, appreciate it. So what about I mean there's there's some I've said this on the podcast before, there's some metal breweries in just Illinois alone, like Metal Monkey is in Romeoville, and there's one called Sound Growler, I think. That's her dude. Yeah, so yeah. there's a there's a handful of metal places already, right? And I don't I don't know the history of all this kind of stuff either, but you know, like Three Floyds is kind of a more oh, metal place, Surly stuff like that. Yeah. So were those places an inspiration, or were they kind of your guiding light, or were you looking at them? I don't know when they started versus you guys probably a little bit before three Floyds. But. Yeah. I mean, three Floyds. I mean, if, if you're a metal brewery and you don't acknowledge the fact that like three Floyds were the OG, then I, you know, you're wrong. You know, I mean, yeah. it's just like, it, it was, I, there's a brewery in Colorado called true. That is really killer. I loved all the graphics they were doing. I loved the visual inside. Three Floyds is fantastic. You know, Chris and good buddy of mine, Barnaby, was one of the head brewers there too. And he recently passed away, but he was uh, one of the OG ones. I mean, he's the reason why Dark Lord days existed or even Dark Lord itself. And really, when when I start thinking about it, it's not even so much just metal. Like three Floyds are responsible for anyone who likes craft beer that goes to brewery beer fest. They were bar none, the biggest, the baddest. You know, I was going to so. ask you what you think the connection between metal music and beer is exactly. Because, I mean, there's probably a connection with beer in just about everything. <laughs> right, right. But there's definitely a connection with metal music too. So my theory was kind of that you know, kids look at alcohol and metal as rebellious. So they kind of went hand in hand on yeah. the early, in the early days in your youth, you know, it was drinking beer and metal music. At least it was for me and, you know, yeah. the days of alcoholica and, and stuff like Absolutely. that. So, you know, but then all those people that were rebelliously drinking aged out and they don't want to drink 30 bush lights anymore. Right. So now they're into craft beer and still in the metal. Is there more to it than that? Or what do you think that connection is? Well, I think how they're, became like craft metal breweries or that in general. And so I think every brewery probably had a metal head, but early in the nineties, every like real, like the look of a brewery was always grateful dead jam bandy. Like everyone always had this like Sierra Nevada vibe or, you know, it just, everything was always like really on that hippie tip. But I, I truly think that they all had metal heads stuck in a corner somewhere. And what it took was somebody like Todd Haug of Surly, you know, Chris and Barnaby at three Floyds, and then just being the head brewer going like, fuck this. We're jamming this. And this is actually, we're going to play it so loud. It's coming into the brew, the brewery area where everyone's drinking. And I think it just, it kind of probably flipped a switch where they realized, oh man, there's a lot of, people in here just kind of like nodding their head and just I would think it just spawned like that just a kind of almost a reaction against the normality of uh of what a brewery was you know at that time Mm -hmm. I think that the beer and metal connection is exactly it's fucking primal man I mean it's like yeah 
loud and drunk, you know, <laughs> like just yeah. like letting go, you know, and I'm, you know, alcohol is an easy way to kind of loosen anyone up. And, you know, you got a bunch of your friends nodding their head to super loud music. It's, you know, it can be a good time. Yeah. So owning a brewery, do you think that you drink more because you're there at a brewery at a bar all day, or has it become a job and you don't look at it the same? Early on, you have the like little, you still have the dreamy kind of thing in your, you drink a lot more. I find myself drinking a lot more regular beer than craft beer now, just because my life is craft. I'm constantly tasting it. I love it and I'll have a couple of them, but I mean, you're more than likely going to see me like in a hole in the wall bar drinking high lifes or PBRs just because no one wants to talk to me about craft beer and I can just kind of zone out for a second. But I do feel like early on, I mean, it'll get you, you know, and you're drinking your beers, everything's working out, you know, people are vibing and it's that rock and roll kind of thing. And then yeah. at some point you just wake up and you're like, I cannot do another like 14, 15 of my own beers tomorrow with everyone. Like there's gotta be a point that I just kind of like, Oh yeah, I hold on to my one beer and walk around. Yeah. I mean, I've always wanted to own a bar as probably millions of other dudes do. Right. And my girlfriend's always like, there is no way you're going to own a bar because you'll be there all the time for one and you'll be drinking all the profit <laughs> for two. Right. Yeah, it, it definitely, you, you pull back. I mean, everyone, I'm sure everyone that's owned a bar has had the moments where they ride it a little too hard. But I mean, uh, you just got to find that good balance. I just, I try to get all of my shit done, hang out with people for about an hour, have a beer, you know, try to talk to my customers because my customers are some of my best friends too. But I do make it a point. I try not to overstay my welcome in my own place. I don't ever want to be that owner at the end of the bar. Just, <laughs> yeah. You know, so I might be at some other hole in the wall being that piece of shit, but I, I'm not going to do it in my own place. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. I don't know if we finished the history of, of Wake or not. Um, you guys started in 2017. Is that what you said? Yep. Opened up in 2017. Okay. And you started having bands, you started brewing more beers. What what was the, the first step of becoming like a real brewery in the Quad Cities? Oh, I mean, it was definitely making the beers. I mean, the the bands, beans, I was still working at Ribco at the time. I tried to keep them separated more. Okay. And we would do like Wake Brewing Presents. And then we'd have some of our beers on tap at, at uh, Ribco. And we would have bands there. And then... uh. Just as my as the summers came out, we had the huge parking lot. I was just like, man, why don't we throw a couple bands out here a summer? And we just we started to. I mean, we had Conan a couple of years ago for Fourth of July for free. You know, you just wow. come in and watch Conan for Fourth of July. You know, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I saw that you guys yeah. had resin there. I think I missed that. That was like two years ago or something, maybe. And yeah, we've I had done them a couple times. I, I think the poster was still up in the door, and it, it was already like the weekend after or something. Uh, and I was like, oh damn. Yeah, we did. Uh, we actually did a beer for resin, and I put out a flexi, a little record of. Okay, yeah, I was going to ask about that too because I know you've done some stuff with Bongzilla now, aside from yeah. the show coming up, which I definitely want to talk about. But yeah. you guys had uh, a lot to do with Bongzilla putting out their latest 
record, yep. right? How did that yeah. come about? And, and what was your involvement in that? Um, a good friend of mine, one of my best friends, John Hopkins, he was basically the tour manager of like, uh, sleep high on fire, uh, Boris. I mean, any, any name, uncle acid, any big name. And he was from Iowa and, uh, he just worked his way up from like buzz oven to weed eater, to getting high on fire, to getting the Melvins, to doing Boris, to orange goblin. The list wow. just fucking goes on forever. Well, when COVID hit, uh, there were no more tours and he was just kind of left with nothing to do. And he kept kind of telling me how he wanted to try to work out in a studio and maybe try to get some bands and do some recording. And just so happens that locally, a friend of mine, Pat Stolly, has Future Apple Tree Studio and it's 100% fully analog, old school, 16 track tape machine, every beautiful piece of vintage gear you could ever want. And I just kind of mentioned, I was like, well, shit, John, you know, he's barely doing anything right now. You, you're in a completely different genre than he does. He mainly does indie rock bands. And I was like, there's a gap there. I mean, if you could find the business, I'm sure Pat would do it. And I kind of mentioned it to Pat. Pat was into it. And uh, he just needed that one band. And I was like, man, I've been wanting to do a fucking Bongzilla Flexi or something, you know, like. And they were just kind of like, oh, we're not sure if we're really playing that much anymore or whatever. And then finally, I just was like, John, I'll pay for them to come down. I'll pay for the recording. If it turns out like shit, we just forget about it. If it turns out they're into it, then let's do it. And after day one of them coming down, we turned it from just a one-sided flexi to a seven-inch, three songs. And uh, they fell in love with it. We all hit it off. Everyone was having a good time. John was killing the mixes. And uh, so we just recorded that seven inch, that, that batch. And we were going to did a beer with them. And uh, what was the beer? Uh, it was called Nectar Collector, Hazy okay. IPA. We have it coming back out next month. And so uh, we had, we did that. And then they were just like, when they were leaving, we were, you know, uh, Mule Boy was just like, man, this did it. We're just going to record the album. We're just going to do it here. We're going to do it here. We're going to do it. John, we'll see you in a month. And it, nice. that was it. Yeah. So I was just, uh, just by chance, we were able to get that connected. And they came down and uh, spent, I think it was a week, maybe a week and a half, and stayed, ate dinners every day, had some beers. You know, they smoked a fucking lot of weed. <laughs> the most I've ever seen. I don't know how many stories I can actually tell, but I can tell you that they had their own space stations. And by space stations, I'm talking fucking rigs, dabs, gummies, joints, uh, a soda or something that was like, I can't even remember. I mean, it was <laughs> the first day of recording the album. I remember I was smoking with them. And then it finally got to the point where I was like, now, it's on top of me. I got to go. I'll see you guys tomorrow. I, I just could not believe the amount the Mule Boy. Any of it. I, I couldn't believe how much it could smoke. That's it, funny. It's fucking I unreal. I feel like I would be in so much trouble if I tried to smoke with anyone that's known for their smoking ability. You know, whether it's Snoop Dogg or Willie Nelson or, or any any of them. Like, you know, I'd take one hit and be like, oh, I'm, I'm good now. Seriously. Yeah, I feel like that they could that band could hang with anyone anyone 
you know, and yeah. they all had different kinds of weed and it was all, I don't even know fucking all the names that they call and it all looked like killer weed. That's all I, I, bet, I bet it was all good. But yeah, we just, uh, so they did the album and, um, I helped send it off to get mastered, uh, just kind of helped them work through the process and just, it was all mixed already done. And then we just got a, you know, we just opened up our Facebook one day and, uh, John who recorded it passed away, died. And, you know, I mean, we just, so the album is just done, you know, I mean, it was, it was great. It was mixed. He was able to be on, he did that. And he did, uh, he was able to do Brian Barr of the band, a He did his solo record that just is insane. That should be coming out soon. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it's bittersweet, but at least I know that like John was able to kind of like go out, like ascending, you know, it was just like, it was like he was finding a new, another path. And, and I, I truly think that he would have brought some heavy hitters because when people were hearing those demos, you know, I was. He was showing me the text. I mean, he was proud. Yeah. No. It seems like people love all that new Bongzilla stuff. It seems so to have done really wild, well. Dude. It's people so are happy wild. to have him back after uh, you know a lot of years. And I think it can hang with Gateway. You know, I just I think the tones there. I think the songs are a hundred percent there. I think the mix is fucking awesome. You know, I mean, it's just it was it was killer. You know, yeah. I'm happy to met those dudes. You know, and. uh I booked him one time. I seen him a few times over the years and then booked him one time at Ribco. And then this was kind of like a connecting moment. Like tomorrow I leave for Bloomington, Illinois, a club called the night shop. I'm sponsoring them down there. So you get to hang with those guys. Haven't seen them. It's middle pandemic. I think we hung out one other time. Was there a, like a pedal or something? Yeah. That was created. What was the deal with that? Did did you guys have something to do with that? Yeah, uh, John was talking with um, uh, Magic from Magic Pedals, and uh, he was just kind of riffing back and forth. And I think Magic and and uh, Jeff, guitar player for Bongzilla, kind of talked a little bit. And uh, I just kind of like, man, let's fuck, man, let's like all do a three way and just put this out. I had like 50, 50 of the seven inches left. I was like, I'll give you the seven inches, include those with the pedal, because there was only 50 of them made. And uh, I mean, it's killer graphics. The pedal is just, it's mind blowing. And he used it all over on the, on the record. So if anyone likes that tone, it's a whole lot of uh, green mad amps and that pedal, you know, nice cranked. Yeah, cool. So now you got this show coming up. This is your anniversary party, the tenth and yeah. the eleventh. Yeah, tenth and eleventth. It will come so the first at, uh, day, first day is free. Second day is five bucks. Is there still tickets available? I don't yeah, know yeah. There's a little less than a hundred tickets. I mean, really, the tickets was only for me to kind of gauge when to just say, okay, enough's yeah. enough. Like I don't, I don't want to. I'm not trying to fly the freedom flag. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I want people. I want live music to stick around. So if yeah. I got to kind of pull off a little bit, 
just to make it happen, then that's what I'll do. So, I mean, five dollars for that lineup. I mean, you're talking for such a lineup. It's, it's I don't. What time are you starting that day? Uh, two o'clock. Okay. Yeah. So there's, Saturday, there's a bunch yeah. of bands, and then Bongzilla headlines Saturday night. So yeah, that's be great. I'll be there. Yeah, Bongzilla, Black Tusk, Fister, Savage Masters, Squilla Grind, and uh, a Seath, and then the Free Fridays, Ringworm, uh, a group called Doug D U G out of Minneapolis, two piece, awesome, just like Doomy Sludge kind of stuff. Uh, Null and Mulder. Yeah. So, I mean, it's awesome. It's a good weekend. You know, we got a cheap yeah. hotel right down the street. So, I mean, it, it makes sense. Cool. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'll be there and uh, should be fun. You do it out there in the parking lot there? Yeah. Yeah. We get a nice 24 by 24 rooftop stage, push it way back, make got my neighbors love me. Got a couple food trucks, live uh, screen printing. Um, so we'll have two different t-shirt designs. Like oh, nice. each day I'll have a different t-shirt design. Yeah, it'll be fun. Plus yeah. all the bands just hanging out. It's our own, own little getaway, all outdoors. It'll be nice and, you know, open air. You know, yeah. Just cross, cross our fingers for weather. Yeah, I was going to say it was so, so hot uh, when I was there last yeah. fr- on, on Friday. But, you know, might cool off a little bit by then. Yeah, fuck it. It's cold beer. You got to sweat anyway, you know. Yeah, I could use to shed a few pounds, so <laughs> it'll be fine. Yeah, well, I, I think that's going to be awesome, and I'm looking forward to it. I got tickets right away as soon as I saw Bongzilla in town. I thought that was awesome, and yeah. like I said, I saw you guys had had resin in, uh, a while back, and mm-hmm. you guys have had some good bands out there. Wake. Oh yeah, it won't stop. I mean, we've we've got some some other stuff in the works, you know, and a lot of sponsored shows. I started booking again for a really small venue, 150 cap room. And there's nothing I can announce yet, but I mean, there's some cool stuff that we've already locked in. So just waiting for them to let me announce as long as the world doesn't implode, you know? Right. Yeah. Who knows? That's yeah. It's a daily. (laughs) (laughs) So what's next for wake then? What's, um, you know, more shows, more beers, a second location, or what are, what are you planning? Well, I mean, we're definitely, we're trying to, trying to ramp up manufacturing right now. So, I mean, we are looking at a second manufacturing location where we can put the canner because it's just too tight where we're at right now, but we'll deal with it. Uh, a bigger brew system. I've got a ton of band and band collabs and records coming out, you know, uh, wake branded records to go with the beer. Um, yeah, I mean, just a ton of shows. I mean, all over the place. I mean, we're doing decibel beer metal fest in the end of this month. And then in December, as well as we're doing not fest in September. So what do you, what do you do on, on those kind of festivals? You're a sponsor, you bring beer, you'd show up. Yeah. And... yeah. Like at the decibel one is actual metal and beer fest. So it's like all the, not all of them, but a ton of different variety of metal breweries all band together. And we have like our own beer fest during the metal fest. Mm-hmm. And at not fest, they were talking about, it was a pretty insane thing. I'm actually in decibel for during that time so i'm letting two other employees go and handle the not fest uh beer fest there but 
they were talking about something fucking crazy. Like they wanted to put the the beer tent for the craft beer thing right in the middle of the fucking pit. Which I thought was insanely crazy. And I kind of wanted to witness it, but I'm also just kind of like, I can kind of tell you how this one's going to play out, bud. Yeah. <laughs> Someone that hasn't been to a metal show is planning that. Uh-huh. That's what I was just like. Cool. So right in the middle of the pit, huh? Yeah. yeah. It's it's a great concept. But... Have you have you seen that video? I should I should have had it pulled up here just in case. But have you seen that video where uh, the dude is standing by the stage drinking a beer? Yeah. And the guy swings his arms back. Oh, yeah. and just, I mean, I, he had to have done that on purpose, right? I mean, I didn't look into the video, but he had to have done that. I would think so. I mean, there's, I, I feel like that one, I laughed and watched it like 400 times in a <laughs> yeah. row. But then yeah. my brother kind of broke it down. I was just like, man, that dude's a fucking dick for that. Now it's just like, yeah, but number one, dude had his back to the band in the front. Yeah. You're drinking at what I would assume be there's no one else in front of you at the front of the pit now, too. I mean, you were just like, you were kind of asking for it. I hate that karate kid shit. Leave the fucking kung fu in the dojo, bro. I can't. I can't even go into pits anymore. I, I get annoyed. I'm like an old man. I'm like, I just want to be up in the balcony drinking a beer or something. Yeah. People start pushing me, and I'm like, Ugh. somebody steps on my velcro shoes. I want to fucking just like get <laughs> all get off my lawn shit, and then I realize I just I I sit back by the soundboard. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, it's, young, it's a young man's game. I, I I used to think that I like I had to be in there somehow because yeah. that's what everyone was doing. Why you'd go into the show? I'd go, yeah, like that's just what you do. So I'm like, I don't really like it, but I think I'm supposed to like it. So I go in there and I push and all that kind of stuff. And eventually, I was like, you know what? I think I hate this and I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> you always have those couple drunk guys that just. This is going to be my excuse just to punch a 15-year-old. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, there's people that just want to push just because they, like, haven't gotten it out of their system yet that day or something, and I'm not into it. Yeah, I learned by about 17 that pits just weren't for me after being the 15 and 16-year-old kid that the old guy just wanted to punch. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) So I, I, you saw on Instagram that I posted and asked – my Instagram followers if they had any questions yeah, for you. Yeah, sure. I got, a, I got a couple back. So I'm uh, going to ask you a couple questions here. All right. First one, are there any, any new Hand of Doom variants in the works? I've had the vanilla and the blueberry, and I thought they were amazing. They're like Appreciate they're it. like breakfast beers to me. Like I want to wake up and drink those things for breakfast. Yeah, Do you have anything so, else in the plans or what's next for Hand of Doom? You know, I've we've done vanilla blueberry i'm trying to think of what other ones we've done we did a mint hand of doom we called that like a sweet mint and um that one tasted like andy's candies so i mean we put graham cracker mint and vanilla in it and some chocolate and it was it was killer i'm trying to think of we don't really have anything planned for that though those variants need to come back out we were trying to come up with uh I'm trying to think. Oh, we did a fucking peanut butter one. Yeah. So the idea was, is the next time around, we were going to try to do a full variety four pack that had one of each. Ooh. Or it would at least be the three variants in OG handed in, you know? I so like the idea. One, yeah. yeah. One of them would just 
get 86, which I don't know because everyone's got their favorite. Vanilla and blueberry are mine. I mean, I love vanilla. I love blueberry Hand of Doom. Uh, man, I love that beer. It's honestly Hand of Doom is probably my favorite beer we do. Are you a dark beer guy? Yeah, I'm I'm a cold beer guy, you know, but uh I would say yeah, Hand of Doom, it just we've had it the longest and it's just to me I'm not saying it's the best style in the world because I've had beautiful stouts, but we purposely did it to be just a well-balanced stout. It's not overly chocolatey tasting. There's no chocolate. There's no like it's not coffee, but it does have good roast to it. Like we just try to find a really nice balance. And I think that's why the variants work so good on top of it. Mm -hmm. Cause you just start sneaking in. You just let the vanilla bean just hang long enough and you can just keep tasting it. And it's just like, to the point where like it's done. That's yeah. what you have to watch out with the, like the peanut butter beers. I've had some peanut butter beers that I'm like, dude, yeah. too much peanut butter. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> that's how we, we're not really heavy handed on the variants. I don't think. Yeah, you know, I, I thought that, I, especially the vanilla. I don't remember the blueberry as much, but I, yeah. I have had it. But I remember the vanilla just being like, just so yeah. good. Yeah, I appreciate and that. And you ever, you ever think about doing a coffee stout? I do like coffee stouts a lot. Yeah, yeah, we have. It's just uh, locally we have a brewery called Bent River that kind of has the coffee stout on lock. And, true, true, yeah. And, you know, you don't want your ego bruised too much when people start telling you that, there's it's still the best even if you're kind of like you know whatever i mean yeah. it's good it's good it we are going to do one because we already have the label done so nice it's, it's going to happen it's just uh yeah whoever asked the question about the uh hand of doom can email me what they think we should do because i'm nice. out of ideas I'm oh old. i got some ideas for you i'll email you All right. fair <laughs> enough <laughs> so, so the second question was from troy why are you so damn smart and cool? Is is what he asked. Who was that from? Troy. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> all the weed, all the beer, all the rock and roll. <laughs> I blame uh, Black Sabbath Volume Four. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's all the questions I have. Let's do this uh, real or fuzz game. All right. Cool. I made a special version for you. Like I said, oh. it's a it's a craft beer version. And I'm going to show you ten images of beers. They're all metal related beers. I'm sure okay. you've seen some of them. Some are real. Oh. Some are not. You tell me cool. which ones which. All right. Here's the first one. That's real. Lamb of God, Ghost Walker. Yeah. It's a real one. You had it. Uh yes, I have. I thought How it was, was good. It? Yeah. It's good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Black Rainbows, 666 Pale Ale. It's a fucking dope label, but that's fake. Is it fuzzed? Is that what we call it, fuzzed? It's fuzzed, yeah. Yeah, dude, that's dope, though. <laughs> it's a real dope design. I love I love the cream on that rainbow. Yeah, that's the shit. Yeah. Plus, that band's badass. Yeah, they are. Sorry, I went, went too far there. Red Desert, Irish Red Ale. I love the band. Surly. No, that's fuzzed. <laughs> this was. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Two great, uh, great, man, they're, that's a killer fucking band. Killer brewery. They should work together. I was going to say, I think they are from Minnesota though, right? Like that's why I chose Surly as their. their yeah, I'm pretty sure. Brewery. I'm pretty sure they are. You should connect that. Sell that label to them. Yeah. 
Anthrax. What's the brewery? You know what? Butternuts. Fuck. Butternuts. I'm going to say this one's... Oh, shit, man. That's a slick design, too. I'm going to say this is fuzzed. This is a real one. Oh, man. That's dope, though. Yeah, it looks good. Right? Butternuts Brewing, huh? But that's what it says. Butternuts Beer and Ale. Yeah, we all run out of names, I guess. <laughs> Uncle Acid, Bloodlust, Hazy IPA. Oh, dude. One of my favorite bands that is fuzzed. I was worried you might be too good at this with uh, knowing much about here and metal. that 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 band's like a high on my list to collab with. So yeah, yeah, well, that'd be awesome, man. Yeah, yeah I've I, seen them I, a couple I, times live too. They're they're the best, yeah. man. Dude, so good. Red Fang, Wayfinder. That's one of my. Those are my homies, so I know this one's real. Yes, it is. Yeah. Nickelback. <laughs> What's the brewery? <laughs> Tower Brewing in uh, Alberta. Oh, Jesus Christ. Crazy Canadians. Uh, that's, that's fucking fake, man. That is so fuzzed. I hope. <laughs> yeah, I hope. it is fake. <laughs> okay. Great name. Nickelback. Oh, Jesus Christ. I bet that is fucking terrible. <laughs> this is Marky Ramon Natural Brown Ale Man That dude's on everything uh, That's that's real That is right? real It is I can't see the brewery but it uh, yeah. is a real beer Red Mesa That's fuzzed That one's real are you shitting me? What's yeah. the what's the brewery? I like that can. Like, got like High and dry brewing. brewing. Right on. Yeah, to, I actually stole that from up. their Instagram, so I know it's a real one. Huh. <laughs> it's killer. I dig the, the gold can. I'm sure. Yeah. Truck fighters, booze cruiser. That would be so dope, but that is fuzzed. It is. That's, that's great, though. You did All right, that. That's the last one, actually. That thing's dope, man. You did pretty good. I, I'm glad I got you at least on one, maybe two. I was I worried I, that, yeah. that you might go through all of them. No one has gotten all of them right yet. So Fuck. at least the, uh, the street continues. Yeah, right. I mean, I think you could. I think you could sell a couple of those labels, bud. <laughs> All right, man. I uh, that's all I got for you. Awesome. Um, I'll see you a week from when this is posted yeah. at the Bongzilla show, and I'm looking forward right to on. it. Anything else you want to tell everybody, or plug, or anything else? No, nah, man. Just uh, keep supporting things you like. Support all the bands that you like. Go to any show you can right now. You know, we're all small business people out here, just trying to do the right thing. I'm not trying to be political because I fucking hate both sides. I'm just saying, like, just, you know, try to be a little more understanding on everyone. You know, we all got feelings and we all want to fucking hang. That's it. And, like, we all want to hang out with you, you know. Well put. All right. Well, Thanks for your time, man. I appreciate yeah, it so cool. much. And, and best Thank of luck. You. And, uh, like I said, I'll, I'll see you at, at Bongzilla. So. Right on. Thank all you. All right. Later. Yep. Bye.